it is a important day, an important day, I should say, in the history of the analog program on Relay FM. Wow. Would you like to tell the listeners, Mike, what happened earlier today? No, I actually don't. Oh. And I tell you, I tell you why. This has been a weird thing for me recently. So many people will will recall that we, for a long time, had been tracking our Twitter followers against each other. I can't remember how this ever began. Oh, neither can I. It was forever ago as well. Like, it was just a thing where it was like, oh, I'll beat you or something. And then we were tracking it for a while on the show, and then movement wasn't really occurring at a rate that made sense to keep track of it every single week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, you know, we went ahead and stopped doing that. Yeah, it seemed like it was a little self-involved, even for us, where this entire program is talking about our feelings. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> So we stopped doing it. And now, I don't know, there's something about, like, I don't know, like me just saying, like, ah, I have more Twitter followers than you. It it doesn't feel like a a great victory anymore. Oh, well, okay. So so I'll say it. Maybe I shouldn't have uh, given you the pitch over the alley-oop. I will say that earlier today, on the 7th of July... In 2016, Mike briefly surpassed me in Twitter mm-hmm. followers, and it appears as we record that that has not remained the case. In no. fact, I am back to one ahead. I went two up at one point. Oh, did you? I have not yeah. been following closely. Yeah, I went two up at one point. It's been a weird week. Like <laughs> a bunch of times this week, I got within one, and then it went up to yep. like, yeah, and you will beat me by ten again. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? <laughs> it was actually hysterical to watch. Which it's, I mean, that's. It's the world's most boring sporting event, but actually it was a, little, it was a lot of fun for the two of us. So um, it, it was enjoyable to watch. But uh, yeah, th- this was today was the first time you crossed and you and you remained uh, you had more Twitter followers than I for at least an hour or two, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like, there's something like that. It's Fair just enough. so like, I don't know. It's now- the silliest game in the world, but it's still a game. Yeah, but now we're here. But it's like a game based on popularity. I don't know. Like it's a weird. It's a, like a congratulations me. Like I yeah, have congrats, more Twitter sir. followers than my friend. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the real race now is which one of us gets verified first, and I bet it'll be you. Oh, that's a whole. That's a whole thing. That's a whole mm-hmm. thing all on its own. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're sitting in San Francisco, an employee of Twitter, choose which host you like more. And offer them a bit a blue check mark, and they will be forever forever indebted. Choose me, Mike Verified twenty sixteen. <laughs> oh God! All right, moving on to something that is considerably more important. When that's a low bar, but also long term follow up. But also long term follow up. Tell us about what's going on with your house. We are exactly equal right now, by the way. Oh, are we? Did somebody just follow? It wouldn't it's be surprising. Done. Someone's doing something, but we yeah, are we are bang on equal right now. I, as of, was it yesterday? Yeah, um, we are now kind of seriously entering the house buying process. Me and Adina, we have our deposit. Yay! Uh, I had to wait for like a tax thing before I could take the money that I needed for our deposit, and I've done that now. Um, and we are now dealing with mortgage broker and accountant, and it, already at the first uh, stumbling block. 
Of course. <laughs> which is uh, waiting for my company accounts to be drawn up. So we have to wait for that to be done. Then once that is done, uh, we will have our mortgage decision in principle put together. I, I don't know if this is a term that is used in America. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. But It it's... basically means they're going to assess our affordability, run a simple credit check and say, based on the based on you being able to prove the things that you've told us, we would offer you this amount of money. Right. Yes, there's a term for that here. It's not the term you used. And for the life of me, I can't remember. We bought our house uh, almost a decade ago. And so I've promptly forgotten all of the important things I once knew about this sort of thing. In the UK, it's called agreement in principle and decision in principle. It's, it's two different terms mean the same thing. I gotcha. Okay. Um, so once we've got that, we will go and start looking at houses. So like our mortgage guy said, he's like, oh, you can go and look like now. And then once we get the dip done you know it will be all good and if you have any problems with any estate agents just direct them to me i'm like no i don't want to do that because we believe it's going to take two weeks for this stuff like i don't want it to then be three weeks or four weeks so we're kind of moving ahead um once i get the decision in principle once we get the decision in principle set because then we'll know exactly what we can lend under the conditions and then we can go ahead and find something we uh, have found an area that we want to live in south london um, in South London, because yep. that's without being creepy, you are not in South London right now. Is that no, correct? we're outside of London now. I mean, we're we're on the far like basically where East London ends. We are a stone's throw over that border, so okay. we will be living in London. This is actually part of London again. So, um, provided that we move to this place, but irrespective of where we will be in London, uh, but we found a little area that we really like. There are some properties available now which are basically perfect for us oh wow um, but there are a few of them so fingers crossed it stays that way um so hopefully that will be where we go and you know we i don't want to go into too much detail about this right now but we have some extenuating circumstances that are putting a pressure on us to get this train moving quicker than we would like um and and kind of you know if we don't get out of this house by a certain period of time then we're going to be in a sticky situation uh but yeah so it's a bit unfortunate that we're we're in a rush situation when we don't really have a lot of control over what's going on mm. but hopefully it can tie up quite nicely i mean i'm honestly looking for the quickest route through this which i know is a kind of, might be a fool's errand to run but you know i'm not in the desire to haggle over prices, you know, I, I just want to get this done as quickly as possible. What I really wished I could do, Casey, was just add to cart. <laughs> but apparently you can't do that when it comes to buying a house, so. Uh, no, not usually. So, you know, we're, we're focused on trying to get through this as quickly as possible. Um, we're not trying to find the very best of best deals. Like, we just want to get through this so we can have a house of our own. So, um, yeah. and we're going to see how we go. Exciting times. Also, whilst we're in uh, analog follow-up of eight of the ages, uh, there's some mac and cheese follow-up. <laughs> yes, Just there something is. I wanted to mention, uh, mac and Cheetos. Have you mm -hmm. heard of mac and Cheetos? It's a new Burger I have. King thing. Yes, it's a new Burger King thing. So I guess it's kind of like, do you guys have mozzarella sticks? Is that a thing yeah. in the UK? Okay. So it's kind of like a mozzarella stick, but it's mac and cheese that then gets covered in cheetos dust and then fried i think mm. is that a fair characterization as far as you know yeah sounds about okay. right so i have not tried this i absolutely would try this 
I have heard people that have tried this say, it's actually not bad. And I also I have also heard that because it does not sit well, like it doesn't stand on the countertops well, they make them fresh every time. Or so I'm told anyway. Hmm. So I will I will definitely I would like to try this and uh if I do I, I will report back to the show. Yeah, I would love to too, just because it just looks like the disgusting food that I like if I'm you know, if I'm gonna do something dumb on fast food, I want it to be ridiculous. Yep. And this is kind of ridiculous. I would like to try it one time. Uh the lovely host of Rocket on Relay FM have been going through this in much detail. On episode 77, they'd all tried them. So you can go That's listen fantastic. to that if you want to hear what people think having eaten Mac and Cheetos from Burger King. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited to try this at some point. All right. What's awesome these days? <laughs> well, before we get to that, after this break, um, we're going to address a topic that I have completely avoided addressing everywhere for reasons that will become abundantly clear. Chris Evans. Well, actually, <laughs> should we just mention that again? No, just follow yeah, up? I guess I certainly uh, that's true. Actually, it is follow up. So um, Chris Evans is one of the hosts one of the new hosts of the rebooted Top Gear. So the Top Gear that I and I think I can say we knew and loved uh, was Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond and James May. Uh, Clarkson got involved in a, how do you pronounce it? Fracas? Fracas? I don't know. We don't need to go this far back in the... Yeah. So, well, anyway, so they all got sacked in UK terms, fired in American terms. And now they're doing a show called The Grand Tour on Amazon, which is not out yet. Meanwhile, Top Gear um, has been rebooted and there are like 13 hosts. Um, the, the most... The ones that got the most screen time, this, the first series is now over of this new uh, new rebooted show. The, the hosts that got the most screen time are Chris Harris, uh, Rory Reed, Matt LeBlanc from the TV show Friends, and this gentleman, Chris Harris. And I will let you take over from here. Uh, Chris Evans has quit because of people like you. Oh. It's true. It's pe- you know, people yeah. have been going crazy about him and, and saying his shouts and screams and it's become this meme in america and now he's now he's quit which makes me sad because the guy was just trying to do his job but also it seems like matt leblanc and chris evans did not get on and it was a him or me scenario and maybe the bbc chose matt leblanc which makes me even more mad do you not care for him on the show oh i think he's fine on the show even though i've not watched any more episodes um planned to at some point but just haven't but Mm -hmm. it's just it frustrates me because it's like if that is the case, the BBC were like, oh, let's just go with the fancy Americans to appease the Americans. Yeah, maybe. Rather than to keep the guy who is, is a, an actual television presenter. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, when I tweeted about this happening, there were a lot of Brits that reached out and were like, yeah, uh, I'm a Brit and I don't like Chris well, that's selection bias, though. It certainly is. It certainly yeah. is. But I don't know. It was surprising. So anyway. If you are a British person... And you like the stylings of Chris Evans. Tell Casey. Oh, God. Um, all right. So what are we actually talking about after the break? We are going to address my thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the European Union referendum that occurred in the United Kingdom a couple of weeks ago. Speaking of dumpster fires. Uh, you know what's not a dumpster fire, though? Ring. The Ring Video Doorbell. They are the, one of the sponsors of this week's episode of Analog. With Ring, you can see and talk to anyone at your door from anywhere in the world. 
using just your smartphone. And also, you can protect your home and loved ones today by going to ring.com slash analog because for a limited time, you can get $50 off their Ring of Security kit. Now, before I tell you what's in that fantastic kit, let me tell you a little bit about why Ring is an important investment. There is a home burglary every 13 seconds. Most even happen in broad daylight because what a burglar will do is they'll ring your doorbell or they will knock on your door to see if anyone's in. If nobody answers, they know there's nobody in. They can go in and they can just do what they got to do. It's a nasty thing to talk about, but it's something you need to think about. A lot of burglaries aren't violent. They're not people. Aren't, they're not trying to break in when you're there. They don't want any of that, right? They just want to get the stuff for whatever reason. They want to get your stuff. If you're home, they're not going to rob you. And if you have a Ring video doorbell, you will be able to see and speak to anybody approaching your door using just your smartphone. And the Ring video doorbell has been proven to stop burglaries before they happen. Someone will approach your door. You'll get a notification. They'll ring on it on the doorbell. And then you'll be able to have a conversation with them and you'll be able to see them. It's fantastic. And now Ring is using their advanced motion detection technology to protect your entire property with the Ring of Security Kit, as well as the Ring video doorbell for the front door. You'll also get a Ring stick-up cam, which is a wireless weatherproof HD camera to keep an eye on other parts of your property as well. So it's basically the all the motion detection that they've learned and, and all of that from the doorbell, they put it into a camera. So you have full home protection takes just minutes to install and then they work together providing 24 7 monitoring of your entire home whether you're in the living room or thousands of miles away now casey i know that you have a ring yes so they sent me a demo unit and they sent me just the doorbell they did not send me a stick-up cam so uh mike you know why don't you call someone for me but um i'll get you a stick-up cam yeah no, no worries so uh the doorbell i installed it thinking oh it's you know i'll just try it out, have it on the door for you know a week or two just to see, and then I'll take it down and put back the old doorbell. And part of the reason I was really worried about using Ring was I didn't realize, and I guess I just missed this part of the documentation, that when you replace your existing doorbell with this Ring video doorbell, it will wire into your existing doorbell and still ring the existing doorbell. I had, to, I had convinced myself that it would only page your phone, which is like a really kind of peculiar way to do things if you're at the house. But no, 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 it will ring the actual doorbell. And they've thought far enough ahead such that you can kind of share ownership of the doorbell. So Aaron and I both get push notifications if somebody rings the doorbell. And it works really great. There have been a couple times at work when... Uh, it's told me, hey, there's motion at the front door. And I've just because I've been bored, I've, you know, took taken the push notification and, and, and swiped on it. And there I see Aaron and Declan running around on the porch, just kind of playing around. And, and a couple of times I've scared the bejesus out of them by talking to them. Huh. And so it uh, it is very, very cool. It It is easy to set up. Uh, it's it's re- it's m- much more impressive than I had ever expected. And it's still sitting on our door today. So I don't know how, how I don't know what better compliment I can pay than, you know what, I didn't think I was going to stick with it. And I am absolutely sticking with it. Join the hundreds of thousands who protect their home with Ring. For a limited time, listeners of this show can save $50 off the Ring of Security kit. This is the lowest price anywhere. So go to ring.com slash analog for your $50 off. Thank you so much to Ring for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so let me play the role of Chief Summarizer-in-Chief from ATP and give the quick executive summary of the UK referendum, and you can correct all the ways I get it wrong. Okay, so you guys had a vote 
that was very politically charged whether or not the United Kingdom should leave the European European Union. And it seems that going into it, it, people thought it would be a toss-up, but it didn't seem like that many people thought it would actually pass. I don't know if that's really the way to phrase it, but they didn't think that that you guys were going to vote to leave. And as far as I understand it, it is a a non-binding referendum. So just because you voted to leave doesn't mean you absolutely have to leave, but it probably means you're going to leave. And turns out you guys voted to leave. And then everything broke loose afterwards. And now things are getting real. So is that a reasonable summary? Can you walk us through what's going on? So I should probably say up front, that I was a Remain voter. Um, I decided that I wanted the United Kingdom to remain in the European Union purely because I didn't know what would happen if we left. Right? I had no idea. The campaign for leaving was based on lies. It was pretty obvious from the outset. Uh, that that was the way it was. They were just they were just saying anything, and it was a lot of racially charged stuff. It just wasn't my bag. My feeling was the situation can always be better than it is, no matter what is going on. But I know that things aren't horrifically terrible for everyone right now, so let's just stay in the European Union. Because all we know is that if we stay, things stay the same. If we leave, we have no idea. Um, unfortunately... The Leave campaign did a very good job of preying on the hopes, fears, wishes, and in some instances, uh, prejudices of certain people in our country. Not everyone feels this way. There are people who have you know, more legitimate reasons. Uh, there are some people who have reasons that I can understand but don't agree with. But it was a real mix. And unfortunately, it's put the UK in a position where we have now voted to leave the European Union. Uh, there are issues around the turnout and the age groups, etc., etc. I don't need to or really want to get into a lot of that. I just want to talk about kind of how it's affected me. Um, it annoys me and frustrates me that there was a group of people in our country uh, who are politicians who decided for whatever reason they wanted to go down this route, you know, and and there are many of these politicians like Boris Johnson, who was a man that I was previously a fan of, a man that I previously voted for um, in mayor elections, because I agreed with some of his policies, who had previously been on record as saying it was a bad idea. He was one of the people that was spearheading this campaign, uh, probably to advance his political career. And there are a couple of individuals like that who decided to go ahead and, and spearhead this campaign to advance their own political careers. Would you say that this Ni- Nigel Farage guy Farage. is one of them? Sorry. No, I think Farage is is a bigoted racist. Oh, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. But that's my own opinion. Farage okay. is a whole different kettle of fish. He's been banging this door for many years um, as the leader of the UK Independence Party, which... Unfortunately, he harbors quite a lot of racist people in the United Kingdom. Um, I am. There are going to be lots of people that disagree with me. Like, if you are this far and you disagree, like, stop listening because I'm not. This is my opinion, right? These are my views. You're entitled to have your own views, but 
you're not going to like the stuff that I'm going to say. So, um, and now we are basically, and also the Remain campaign. Uh, I don't think did a very good job of really pointing anything out, and they kind of went through what's been dubbed the campaign of fear, uh, which was a kind of bad. Every time they made a big monumental shift, uh, it pushed things in the other direction because it did kind of feel like the government were trying to scare us into voting the way that they wanted us to, including bringing Barack Obama over to the country and having him make a statement about how the United Kingdom will get to the back of the line. Now, that annoyed me, because I'm still patriotic, um, and I, d- I didn't appreciate a leader from another country coming to my country and telling me that we're going to get to the back of the line, which was what he was talking about in regards to trade agreements. So even though I like Barack Obama and I knew my position, just fundamentally at a base patriotic level, that annoyed me. And it was things like that which ended up, I think, doing pushing a lot of people into the leave camp. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what was going to happen, and we voted to leave, and that's when it became completely clear that nobody had any idea about anything. You know, there were lots of reports about people that wished that they could have changed their vote, which is one of the most frustrating things, um, that they woke up and realized what they had done. There's so many quotes of people in the UK, people on the news, people being interviewed on the street saying that sort of stuff. Um, And then a bunch of just unpredictable things happened within the space of 24 hours. Uh, Our prime minister resigned. Um, The leader of Labour is basically on his last legs at this point. The entire party seemed to want him gone, but he won't go. Uh, Europe won us out of the European Union immediately. The pound has hit hit its low and then has hit lower. Uh, as a, everything. Um, Scotland wants to break away. North, uh, Ireland is considering joining together. Uh, and then, you know, something that really frustrates me, there are, like, towns and counties, like, say, for example, uh, Yorkshire, who predominantly voted to leave, but then said that they wanted the government to confirm and to that they would get all of the funding that they get from the European Union. They would have all of that given to them by the UK government. What? That's not how this works. No, it's not. It's that you you decided to leave. You don't get the money. Now, the place that I live, uh, the area that I live, voted to leave. Uh, but London as a whole voted to remain. Um, and, you know, I was happy to see my hometown voted to remain. But unfortunately, the area that I live, which is not surprising to me, voted to leave. It's lower income. Um, and it's full of a lot of people that uh, left London because of people move- because of people they were unhappy with moving into London. Um, and so now we're kind of in a situation where London decided to remain, Scotland decided to remain, and then the rest of the country wanted to leave with some pockets. So this is where we are. Um, Boris Johnson has basically torpedoed his political career because he has decided not to stand for conservative leader. And Michael Gove, who was one of the people who was campaigning to leave, he has been beaten out in the race, which is a good thing because 
that guy, I don't, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about him. And, and from all the reading that I've done, I can see that he's maybe not the greatest person to, to lead our country. Um, we are kind of in a situation now where whoever it is that has to run our country, so whoever the next conservative leader will be in October, is kind of in a poison pill situation because they need to make a decision and they need to execute something. They either pull out completely, right, as the as the people voted, like they completely pull out. They pull out of Europe, but then negotiate all the things that will need to be negotiated, which basically means we're doing everything we were in the first place, which is not in the European Union. Like, there'll still be freedom of movement because we need the trade agreements um, and the free trade stuff. Uh, we'll still have to go by a lot of European laws, especially when it comes to commerce, because, like, for example, uh, let's say there were a lot, there was like a, a one line that was being used a lot was like the European Union even govern our light bulbs, right? Because there are European Union laws about like um, energy conservation and safety and stuff that uh, that have to be observed everywhere. But let's say, for example, we pulled out and then we weren't going by European Union law anymore. Light bulbs are not made in the UK and sold only in the UK. You might buy your light bulbs from France, which means that they're going to be under yep. European jurisdiction. Or they might be made in the UK, but sold outside of the UK, therefore also under European jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah. But it's these little things which people didn't realize um, until now. So... But then, also the other thing that the leader might have to do is go against the will of the people, which they yeah. can do. But makes them unpopular as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it calls into question the democratic nature of the referendum. However, again, this is I think this is something I'm going to say now, which will probably just annoy more people in general. Uh, I think that this is an example of why democracy shouldn't exist. <laughs> in a modern society so i'm perfectly under i perfectly understand why democracy should exist but basically how can you have democracy when people are lying to you yeah and nobody's calling them out on it like in america it seems that there's a lot of lying they were being called out but it doesn't matter no, fair enough. There's there's a lot of lying going on here and not a lot of people calling out calling them out on it and that's unfortunate so, like, for example, one of the big things, one of the big things on, in the Leave campaign was saying that we were giving £350 million a week to the European Union from the UK government. And there are, there were many re ways in which it wasn't that much. There were tax breaks, blah, 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 blah. And the Leave campaign was saying that they were going to take that £350 million a week and put it into the National Health Service. The morning of the result, Nigel Farage said on TV that, that was wrong. They got that wrong. That's insane. When he was standing next to a bus like two days before, which had it painted on the side. Like, I don't think that the Leave campaign ever expected that they would win, which was why none of them had a plan, which was why many people in that campaign said, we didn't have a plan. It's up to the new government to have a plan when the government never really had that much of a plan because they never expected it was going to happen. We are kind of now in an absolute state of disarray as a country. That is my attempt at trying to sum up what is going on here. 
Um, and yeah, so my thing feeling about the democracy thing is I just want to round out that point. Like, I understand why democracy should exist, but it should only exist when people are given facts. How can you let everybody vote when they're being lied to? And then you have people that don't understand what's going on placing a vote. Like, that doesn't feel democratic. Like, and if there are people that have no idea what they're doing or they haven't bothered to look it up or and they want to make a big decision like this, then they shouldn't be able to vote, right? Like, I typically, Casey, do not vote because mm. I make a point in my life of not reading news and being informed on these things because of how they attack me emotionally. So I typically mm -hmm. don't vote for that reason because I feel that my vote is undemocratic because I'm basically choosing the color I like the most. Yeah, I voted in this referendum because I felt like if I didn't, a bad thing could have happened. So I voted oh. in this referendum. And as it turned out, the bad thing happened anyway. Yeah, but at least I did my part. Yeah. That's scary. And, it, you know... It's funny because the number one rule of podcasting when you're not a political podcast is for the love of all that's good and holy, never get political. But that being said, sometimes things have to happen. And um, I watched this UK vote with extreme interest. Um, I've only been to the UK a couple of times, but I have enjoyed it immensely, uh, more than I could properly um more than I could describe and more than I want to tell you because then you'll hold it over my head for the rest of my life. But um, I really do love the UK. And I've said to you, and I've probably said publicly, that London is one of my favorite places in the entire world. And I've only been there twice, but it's one of my favorites. Um, I was watching with extreme interest. And when I saw that that this Brexit, this British exit vote went through and that the, the country voted to exit, I was... I don't know. Devastate is a strong word, but I was very upset. And in part, I was very upset because that makes me very concerned about what's going to happen stateside in November. And I don't personally have particularly kind feelings towards Donald Trump. I think he also is a is a bigot racist. And that's just my two cents. And I'm deeply concerned that if the fear mongering campaigning of the leave campaign worked on a country like the UK, I'm deeply scared that something similar will happen in America. And so I'm worried. I'm worried for your country and I'm worried for my country. I'm worried for your country. Um, my my hope is that this, what has happened here has maybe woken some people up in your mm -hmm. country. I hope so, but we'll see. What does this mean for you personally and for you and Adina? Yeah, this is this is an interesting question, and that has been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but I want to take a break first because okay. we're going to do a tone shift, and and I feel like I'm so down on myself right now. I need to take a break and come back. Sounds uh, good because I'm feeling emotional again. Although it's probably just going to get more so. Uh, but let me take a moment to thank Linode for sponsoring this week's episode. With a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, Linode is a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month, which will now get you two gigabytes of RAM. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from their manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server in just a few 
clicks. Linode is great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. With industry-leading native SSD storage and access to a 40 gigabit network, you will have all the power that you need to get your tasks done. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code analog20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show. Excellent. So I just asked you, what does this mean for you personally, for you and Adina? You know, where, where do you go from here? So I'm pleased. I'm very pleased um, that we are on the, the two week fortnightly schedule that we're on. Um, because I haven't wanted to talk about this. Uh, when it, when it happened, when all this stuff happened, I knew that the only place I really would talk about it was on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I have basically just th- this week uh, come out of mourning for my country. Mm. That's, and that's an awful feeling. This is uh, the reason I use those words is because I was having feelings. And when I started reading up, apparently there are a lot of people kind of in my age bracket that have been going through the similar feelings that I have. And, and it's basically been attributed to a feeling of mourning. And it's because the country that I belong to isn't the same anymore. Now, we have no idea what's going to happen, but all we know is within you know the space of 24 hours, we lost so much about our identity and we basically regressed by many years. You know, there's been a lot of... It's basically been an increase in racial abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something that is happening with Trump, right? It's it's giving these people that thought they had to be quiet a reason to now speak up for themselves. Yep. <sighs> anyway, yep. You know, like so many of the arguments by these people was like, go back to where you came from. You know, like that's the thing. If you cannot be in the United Kingdom and be accepting of other people, I just don't understand why you're here anymore. Like we are a country made up of all different races and nationalities. And that is what makes us so amazing. We were like arm's length from Europe always, right? We were our own thing. And that's why people always came here because it was a country unto itself that understood fundamentally what it's like to live with other nationalities, races, cultures. And, but for some reason, the people here that have been sticking around, you know, in, in the communities where they've not been so integrated have by and large kept their mouths shut for a long time, but now for some reason think that it's okay. And I feel like I echo all of those sentiments for America. I feel like we are by design, a melting pot. We are, we're built on the idea of being a safe place for anyone and for everyone. And now in no small part, because of uh, one of our uh, presidential nominees, people who didn't feel like they could get away with being hateful are, are starting to feel like they can get away with being hateful. And that's really unfortunate. And, and, you know, it's funny to bring this back to earlier analog. Um, There was a professional wrestler by the name of John Cena who did two different advertisements. Um, I don't know if I should call them ads. I mean, they were put on by the ad council, but they were kind of 
almost like public service messages. And there was a short version and a long version. And the short version is like a minute long. The long version is like four minutes. And if you haven't seen them, I really feel like you should watch them. And I feel like they're applicable to either country because I think in that regard, both of our countries at least ostensibly value that we were built as melting pots, that we were built to accept other people. And and it's just a nice message about how hate isn't the way forward and that really love is the way that that you make a great place. I don't know. It's just weird. And it's also funny that, you know, here these generally um, not young Brits are being upset are getting upset about all the immigrants when it wasn't that long ago that the UK pretty much owned half of the planet probably more than half. You know, you guys forced yourselves upon everyone else. And I'm not saying that's unreasonable. That's the way the world worked at the time. And then suddenly fast forward a few years and, oh, get anyone that wasn't born here a thousand years ago out of my country. Like that's, it's just not how this works, man. No. And I have no idea how we got down this road, but we did. Um, So yeah. uh, Yes. So about the mourning thing for the country. Mm Mm-hmm. We lost all sense of leadership. Um, everybody has just been falling. It's like been like a house of cards <laughs> falling. See what you did there. Um, and then, you know, the, the potential for our country to break up into pieces. Scotland is really upset because they voted to stay. But now they're thinking of leaving the United Kingdom. Again. <laughs> they're thinking again. Well, because right. they had their referendum, right? And they and they right. voted to stay. And But now they're like, well, the United Kingdom is dragging us out of Europe. And now there is, you know, the, the Scottish First Minister is now doing everything that she can to try and find a loophole um, that, so that they can maybe try and veto the decision, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of this stuff happened. And basically the country that I thought that I was a part of kind of isn't there anymore. And... Then I had this, I personally had another feeling of that I didn't really feel like I had a place in the world anymore because the UK is breaking up um, and or it's just not the place that I believed it was. I'm not European. I've never associated with Europe. And, And I know this is one of the things that led to so many people deciding to leave but i've just never associated with europe as a, as some as a brit i don't consider myself european we are part of the european continent but we are not the same we're not joined mm. with europe we don't have uh, there seem to be a lot more common culture in europe than it is shared with the uk so i don't feel like a european person and the us is worryingly close to becoming trump town and which concerns mm-hmm. me greatly because that was always going to be my escape plan so I yeah. kind of feel like that right now, like the, the Earth, there isn't a place that makes sense for me to be. Right, it's none none of the options really seem to make sense anymore, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's stinky. It's really stinky. And of course, this has come at an important time uh, with me and Adina. It's forced us to have some serious conversations about our future, maybe sooner than we would have wanted. Uh, like, you know, we're in the house buying process now. We have no idea if this will affect us. It probably won't. But when it initially happened, we were like, can we get a mortgage now? Like, are we going to be able to get a mortgage? I have no idea. 
obviously one half of us is European, right? And then what issues that could face and we have no real idea there, right? What's going to happen. And so we were just a little bit freaked out. Plus the economy was tanking. Um, so it's been a bit, it was a bit weird. I mean, it's looking like that's not going to be a problem at all because nobody knows what's happening, right? But then it was also like we were having serious conversations about like, should we just not buy a house and just leave? Mm. You know? And mm. that we didn't want to have those conversations now. Yeah. That's tough. I, I can't imagine being in your position. And I mean, if 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 America becomes Trump town, I can't fathom picking up and going to another country, but oh man, I don't know. Things are getting ugly here. Things are getting real ugly here, and that's before Trump. And also, it turns out it's not easy to move to another country. Yeah. Tell me about it. So, I don't know. I don't know. This is this is intense. It's an intense time for both countries, and I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I mean, with where we are right now, it's like, well, let's just stay the course because we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, so we're just kind of waiting it out right now. It's It's been a very peculiar couple of weeks. And it really is kind of a, a reason for me of why I do choose to stay away from the news because, like, I have been obsessed with this story. I was, you know, for the for, for two weeks basically just checking the news coverage on the referendum multiple, multiple times a day. Um, it was all I was thinking about. And this is why I, I tend to stay away from these things because I find a story that obsesses me um, and then I can't stop thinking about it. So I choose to live my life mostly uninformed yeah. because it is it gives me personally a better quality of life. But there was kind of nothing I could do to avoid this one. And it yeah. felt like it was something that, that you know, all of the, the biggest stories that really do affect me, they break through and I become informed on them. Um, and that was what I was trying to do here. But it turns out it is an incredibly sticky messy process here that we're currently in and who knows like by the time this episode is even released who knows what the next part of the story is going to be yep it's weird man super weird so there is just one last part that i wanted to mention on this on the referendum thing before we move on mm -hmm. the funny thing is i really don't want this to happen i want this to stop i never wanted it to happen in the first place but financially i actually benefit how so? I'm paid in dollars. Mm. So the pound is weak right now. So mm. I'm earning mm -hmm. more. And house prices are probably going down, not up. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. House. But yet, even with that financial incentive, I still don't want this to happen. Yeah, I don't blame you. This is just not where I want to be. This is just not what I want happening. So even as someone who financially benefits, which there aren't many people that do from the Brexit, uh, I still don't want it to happen. Yeah, I, and I think that's very patriotic of you to say. And I don't blame you. I feel like I would feel the same way. Rule Britannia, man. Mm -hmm. God save the Queen. Something like that. This episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. It is the simplest way for you to get a beautiful landing page website or online store. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off. With easy-to-use tools 
and template Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site. They ensure security and stability, and this is why they're trusted by millions of people around the world. Millions of people that are able to build a site that looks professionally designed, regardless of skill level. You're able to make something that looks and feels exactly how you want, and it will look professionally designed because they have professionally designed templates that are all fantastic to look at. They have rock-solid fast hosting. They have their commerce platform. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email and so much more. Squarespace have been my go-to for setting up sites for years because I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to actually building from scratch. But with Squarespace, I'm able to get something together quickly that looks, feels, and works fantastically. If you sign up for a year with Squarespace, you'll get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called and their plans start at just $8 a month. Sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Start putting your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS at checkout. You will get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So to do your our first relay your feels, we actually have something that's that builds off what you just said um, from Marut. Is mm-hmm. that reasonable? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, living in the UK and being paid in US dollars, does that cause any issues for you, especially since you're buying a house? Yeah. So um, to, I wanted to just touch on it, but like to go into a little bit more detail. The the benefit that I have is that all my you know the company that I own part of. It's based in the U.S. All of our business is done through the U.S. So I'm paid in U.S. dollars, basically. So all of Relay's money comes in U.S. dollars, and it's paid over to me in the U.K. where I have to transfer into pounds to so do a foreign currency transfer and transfer into pounds. The reason this has always been a problem for me is because when I drop, I basically am dropping down money. Because typically something that costs ten pound costs ten dollars. Like the US and UK economies are very similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Right? So that I mean there's variance. You know, we have our twenty percent VAT taxes and stuff like that. But uh it is very it's it's pretty equivalent. So now when I'm being paid, I'm losing less because the pound is weaker to the dollar. You know, it's still, it's something like 1.3 or something like that, but that's down from like closer to 1.5. These numbers are whatever, like dollars to the pound. So it's still, you know, the pound is still stronger than the dollar, but it's weaker than now, if that makes sense. Like it's weaker Mm -hmm. than it was a couple of weeks ago. So right now I'm getting paid more and I've already seen the difference. So in money that I have received since i'm like oh that's more money than i'm used to seeing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, which is exciting if unfortunate you know that the cause is what it is at least i get a silver lining right like not many yeah. people are getting a silver lining but yeah i mean basically it's not actually causing issues for me it is so married i can see why somebody might think that it was but it actually is really doing a good thing for me and with the house buying stuff um we're in a funny position where we're we're pretty confident the house price is not going to go up. Uh, mortgage rates might go up, but we might get in there just before they do. Uh, we'll see. But right now, I'm happy to say that at least, at least the money's okay. 
I don't, yeah. I don't really know if it, I can't be happy about it. I can't bring myself to be happy about it, really. But it's a thing, at least. It is a thing. It's certainly a thing. All right. So Mark asks, Casey, have you gone on the slide at work yet? So I don't remember when this came up, but um, this came up when you got the job. Oh, did it? Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was when we visited, well, separately, but almost simultaneously visited uh, Facebook together, but not. Anyway, uh, there's a slide at work. It's a two-story building. There's a slide from the top floor to the bottom floor. Uh, have I gone down the slide? Yes. I've been there since February. I've probably used the slide maybe 20 times. I told myself earlier this week I would try to do it, if not every day, then at least once a week. Um I've been wearing shorts to work lately, and this particular slide, you get whipping around it pretty darn quickly. Um, it kind of curves um, and does like a almost a 180 as you go down the slide. And you get moving a lot quicker than one would think just by looking at it. And uh, what with me having shorts and often flip-flops on, uh, it does not seem intelligent for me to go down the slide in, that, uh, in, that, in, the, in those clothes. So I haven't done it as much lately, but in general, yes, I do go down the slide. Generally, I'd say at least once a week. Why? Uh, to force myself to do something fun. Not that okay. work isn't fun, but to force myself to smile a little bit and, and to have that brief you know, five seconds of, of being a kid, especially sometimes if I'm having a, you know, a, 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 if there's something I'm trying to solve, like some programming problem I'm trying to solve, it's nice to take a step back and force yourself to be a child, even if only for a minute. Is that why it's there? I think it's there because it's like a trendy startup-y thing to do. Oh look, we have a slide. Aren't we so cool? He he he. Yeah. But I, I think I like to think that that's part of it too. I don't know. Okay. There's there is some kind of joke about PowerPoint in there somewhere, right? Like I'm slides. Sure there, is. there is something in there somewhere, but I just haven't yet pulled the joke out. That's fine. Actually, we don't even uh, they don't even install Office on our computers. We're all Google apps, so it would be a uh, what is it? Google. S- Slides or Google presentation? I don't even know what it's called. I think it's I called Google it. Slides. So it's no, there it is. So. No, yeah, you're right. Never mind. All right, Dan asks, uh, if you were a piece of furniture, what would you be? I think I would be a bed. Oh, God, I don't even know. Why, why would you be a bed? People are comfortable in beds, you know? Like, I want to make people comfortable. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't even have the faintest idea what I would be. Uh, a stool? Cause I, why would you be that? I don't know. I hold people up. I'm supportive. You support people. Yeah, I don't know. All right, all right. Uh, uh, that's a total cop out because I'm, but I, I I don't have the faintest idea what I would be. Have you ever tried swing dancing? Is another question from Dan. Uh, no, I have not. I am extraordinarily athletically um, incapable, and so I don't think that's something like I view dancing like proper dancing as something athletic and um. I feel like I have rhythm, but I feel like expressing the rhythm I have with my body doesn't usually end well for me. And so, no, I have never tried uh, swing dancing or ballroom or any other kind of formal dancing. And, and that does not strike me as something fun to do, but like for me personally, because I'm so not athletic. I think I would enjoy it. I've never done it, but I think yeah. I might enjoy it. Yeah, maybe you should try. I like big band music and, you know. That kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I dislike big band music. I never seek it out, but if if I hear it, I usually enjoy it. I don't know. And uh, we also have a question from Ryan. This is our final question today. And Ryan has asked Casey, "Does it feel strange, or how does it feel to have your own parody Twitter account?" 
Um, <laughs> and are you more or less careful online because it exists? And this is probably drunk Casey it's referring to. I'm assuming so. And I believe that's drunk underscore Casey. Oh, you got to um, get it right. I think that's right. Um, uh, for the most part, I I think it's funny and flattering. Um, there are times that drunk Casey will tweet something that at, at a glance, I th- I think to myself, I don't remember having said that. What? Because it is so eerily accurate. Um, there are times that that's not the case. And there are some times that I'm, it doesn't happen often, but there are sometimes I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, mm, I really kind of wish that hadn't been tweeted, but you know, whatever. Um, Generally speaking, I find it flattering. Generally, generally speaking, I think it's funny. Although at this point, maybe the joke has run its course. I mean, the parody account's been around for a while. Um, the only time it ever bothers me is sometimes um, drunk Casey will will tweet at someone that I deeply respect that may or may not know that that's a parody account and or. Or perhaps maybe they don't realize that hand on heart, I do not have the password to that account. I I, I don't run it. I've never tweeted from it. I've Plus never... the name just says Casey Liss. Exactly. And so in that sense, sometimes I've had that like, you know, sucking air between your teeth feeling that uh, uh, I kind of wish that that wasn't said. But it's only happened, you know, a few times. And, and I know the individual, I, I have met, several times the individual that runs it and uh and they're they're well-meaning they're they absolutely are well-meaning and and i for the most part i i think it's funny and for the most part i don't mind it um and it is flattering in some way i feel like i've arrived once that showed up mm-hmm. there's been some other like really really jokey twitter parody twitter accounts like i think there might be one for my car there's there's one for my future tesla which has tweeted like three times and and I think they're funny in like a fleeting moment, but I've not followed any of those. Whereas I do follow drunk Casey. And again, generally speaking, I think drunk Casey's funny as crap, but, um, it's weird. It's just a weird thing, right? It's a weird thing that I never would have expected would be part of my life. Not bad. Just weird. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, to answer the second half of the question, am I more or less careful online because of it? I I wouldn't say I'm really any different online. Um, I think I generally speaking say the same stuff and I hope that people who see drunk Casey tweeting realize that it's, it's not me, but who knows? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Does the real drunk Casey ever appear on Twitter? Oh yeah. Oh, certainly. You mean me when I've had a a tasty beverage or two? Absolutely. Uh uh Oh, absolutely. And I'd say one time out of four, I wake up the next, next morning and go, Ugh. That probably wasn't wise. I always am proud of myself. How so? Because you can you can never tell or or you never tweet? No, if I've been drunk tweeting, like obviously drunk tweeting. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've seemed to make less spelling mistakes. <laughs> and I think it's because I'm being way more cautious over what I am tweeting. Right. Because you, you know? don't want to look drunk. Exactly. Well, even if I know I am, it's like well, I wanna I wanna be more accurate. So people can't be like, ah, you're spelling poorly because you're drunk. But maybe people should say, oh, you're spelling better because you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. In summary, you should just drink all the time. No, I see, I don't really. I really just don't just don't drink very often. Yeah. No specific reason. I just, I just don't. Fair enough. Uh, in an outland in the chat says, uh, did Mike once do an ask me anything while drunk? 
You yeah, did, I've done that you? a couple of times. Usually, if I am drunk, I will be in an Uber and I will do an AMA. Oh, that's when it happens in the Uber. Yeah, it's usually in an Uber. Like I'm on my way home, typically when I'm AMAing. That's really funny, you know. So, um, I don't think I would ever do this unless I like had a burner phone or something. But uh, one of the hosts of Top Gear America, which actually just got canceled, uh, Rutledge Wood, he would periodically, when he was on a long car ride, like. I don't, I don't know where he was going, but it was something like he was doing something for work, but he had to, to drive between, I don't know, like NASCAR venues because he was, he is also a reporter that covers NASCAR. Um, he would, I forget what he called it. He had a clever name for it, but he would do something where basically he would um, say, hey, tweet me your phone number and I'll randomly call people. So this is one of the hosts of top. Then imagine like Chris Evans saying, hey, tweet me your phone number and, and maybe I'll call you. And apparently he would really do it. He would really call these people. And I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that because I don't want people to have my you know, cell phone number. But it would be a neat thing to try if I got like a $20 crappy burner phone and just said, hey, you know, if you want, tweet me your number and I'll give you a call. I think that would be a fun way to pass the time um, if a little bit socially awkward. And I, I always respected him for doing that and for being that accessible. Uh, I want to just do a late-breaking piece of follow-up. Yes, please. Um, one, our next prime minister will be a woman. Oh, it's been decided? Well, it's between two women. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Oh, yo, you had Thatcher, though. Thatcher was uh, a prime minister, wasn't she? Yeah, but the only female prime minister we've had. So that's a good thing. I mean, I don't really know much about the, the two women in contention. I'm going to have to kind of read up on them a little bit to kind of make an opinion as to whether it is a good thing that one of these people will be prime minister like it'll, it'll be great that it's a woman but these two people might not be a good fit right like they might mm-hmm. just not be good to be in the job because for many reasons they might be bad politicians or whatever i don't i don't know um but we are currently that the conservative race is between Theresa may and andrea leadsom Theresa may i have heard of i i'm not familiar with andrea leadsom leads them uh so hey that's a good thing at least so we're gonna we're gonna have a female prime minister and and what would be great is if we have a female prime minister who stays in and then hillary becomes uh president that would be fantastic oh that would be cool um but we'll see we'll see what happens there but yeah it it was definitely not late-breaking follow-up by the time the show goes out but uh i wanted to mention it anyway because there has been uh some changes in in the race here so i think that's that's I like that at least. Um, even if, as I say, they, they, even if the person that ends up being is maybe not necessarily the best person to be prime minister, uh, I am very happy to see a shift which really should have been broken in this country a long time ago, considering the fact that we had a female leader in the 80s mm. um, and we've not had one since. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, and to, to further prove why the UK, generally speaking, has their act together, here it is, you will have a woman prime minister, and we have to choose between a woman and the world's worst toupee. That also happens to be bigoted and racist. Yay! Good luck with that, by the way. Yeah, thanks. We're going to need it. <laughs>